Hello, I am Matt Harrison and welcome to the Cast, the Malaga fan podcast for all those Giris out there on Sport Direct Radio. I am joined by Chris Marquez. Chris, how are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? I am great, thank you. And I'm also joined by Dimi Holster. Dimi, how are you doing? I'm really uh, fine, uh, Mez. And you? Yeah, good. I've got. I've just been down to the beaches. I think Chris saw just to have a little beer before starting this out in the sun. So I'm, I'm in good spirits. I'm, it's a nice day here in I, southern Spain. I'm jealous. Yeah, I think you should be. I'm very lucky. I appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> I do appreciate. I'm very lucky. I get a lot of my um, friends back home in Britain at the moment. The way they keep telling me they're still in lockdown. They're not in lockdown. Spain had a lockdown. Britain's never had a lockdown. But um, yeah, yeah. So I'm all good. Um, and I'm, I'm especially good because football is back here in Spain. So um, I don't know about you guys, but I spent um, a lot of this weekend. I watched. I just went a bit mad and watched loads and loads of La Liga, uh, mainly Primera. But of course, um, I don't know. Did any of you guys watch any Primera this weekend, or did you just it was Malaga enough for you this week? I, I did. I did actually. I uh, watched. Um, what was it? Seville against Betis. Betis. Uh, yeah. Yes. Um, and I watched Betis against. What was it, Granada? Yeah, it was. That was I, that was after the Malaga game, wasn't it? I caught yeah, a lot because yeah. the Malaga uh, game finished and it was like a crazy ending, wasn't it? I saw a bit a, sm- a small part of that game, the, just the end, just the most important part, I think. Yeah, the, and Anthony came on at the end as well, so I got quite excited. Yes. Oh, I, I watched a lot to the extent where I was trying to think what I've actually watched this weekend, and I couldn't even remember the scores and things like that. What about you, Dimmy? Did you, did you just stick with Malaga? Is Malaga enough for you? Uh, Malaga was uh, fine for me. I had this weekend I was on uh, a small holiday, okay. so I didn't watch any football uh, last weekend. Well, you you were you were playing football and coaching it, so that that's probably yep. more important. <laughs> um, that's just a, correct. Just a quick question, then, uh, Dimi. I'll start with you because I, I I think the Malaga game had it. Uh, there's like a big debate over here in Spain about the this whole the broadcasting of these as like empty stadiums, and they've put these weird CGI fans in the stadium and stadium noises. What, do you like this or do you not? To be honest, I don't like it because um, for my way of perspective as a, as a trainee, um, I love to see more and hearing more the communication between the players. Okay. And, um, we talk a lot better about the uh, Tenerife game review, but mm-hmm. then you saw sometimes... There is no communications between the players. But in the stadium, like I think the sound aren't actually being played in the stadium. Most of it's over the TV. Um, although, yeah. although I do know last night in the Barcelona... But it's, it, it is worse. It is worse. Okay. Uh, the Barcelona game last night did a weird thing where the stadium had no sound playing in it. And then apparently the players asked for it to be played over the speaker system, which I thought was a... Because they wanted it to sound like a normal game, which I thought was quite unusual. What, what about you, Chris? What do you think about this sort of fake stadium noise and fake... Well, they don't even look like fans. It's just a colour, really. Um, I was watching... I did I did Friday against uh, Wiska. I watched it on YouTube and it had no uh, sound okay. edit. And Monday, I or Sunday... I don't remember. <laughs> Against Zaragoza, 
I uh, I listened uh, through uh, Movistar, mm-hmm. just a Spanish uh, channel, and it was with sound, and I liked it much better. Yeah. What a sleepy! I I got so tired Friday. <laughs> so yeah, for me, for me, with with sound is much better. Yeah, I agree, actually, because being someone that actually goes to a lot of football games, I was a little bit worried about this. You know, you can replace fans so easily by putting sound over and creating this sort of fake product. But actually, if you are watching at home, I do think it's um, better. But actually, Dimmy, I'm going back to your point. I heard an interesting thing the other day. Again, I think I mentioned Sid Lowe last week. I'm stealing all these ideas here. But... um, he mentioned on the Spanish football podcast that he was at the Leganes Valladolid, I think, game. I think that was the game. And he was saying it was quite nice to be in a football stadium where you're used to fans and fans shout at the pitch, as we all do, say trying to give advice, thinking we know best, but we don't have a clue what we're talking about. But he was saying that he could hear, um, hear the players shouting at, like the substitutes shouting at the players on the pitch and giving them advice and it was actually like good advice so that was um so what, what you said Dimmy sort of reigns true there a little bit um just before we go on to talk about those two games uh Friday and Monday which were both I think we can agree there's quite a lot to well three of us can agree there's quite a lot to talk about I was just gonna ask you a quick question Chris when I was in the when I was out watching the Malaga game Friday I think Getafe, someone else was on the same time. Not Getafe, yeah, Getafe Granada, sorry. That was being played the same time. And someone in the pub asked me, would Malaga consider Granada a rival? And I said, I don't think so, really. I think they might have used to, but not so much now. There seems a bit of a, bit of a not friendship, but a mutual respect there. Was I right in saying that? Because I wasn't sure. You are totally right. Malaga okay. has, uh, has a few uh, rivals. And uh, I can tell you them. Uh, it's, it's it's mostly three. Mm-hmm. That's the one we 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 hate. We, we hate. We, everybody hates them. No, only Malaga fans hate them. It's Sevilla. <laughs> it's Betis. Sevilla is the worst. Then Betis, and then uh, Cadiz. Yeah, because my experience is Cadiz <clears throat> so far. Because obviously that's the only team I've seen Malaga play out of those three. And even I hate but, Cadiz. But we, <laughs> We wow. also have uh, two teams we don't like, and that's uh, Deportivo La Coruña. We don't like them. We, it's not really a rival rival, but we don't just don't like them and Osasuna. Okay, why Osasuna? That's an interesting one. Do you know why or um, just don't? I have to look that up. Okay, we'll look into that. that, that I'm quite interested in that because um, my brother many years ago lived in Navarra, um, in Pamplona, so. And he used to go back to Osasuna sometimes, so I'll look into that. But, but Matt, I have a question for you. Okay. So you're a Malaga fan, but your first love is Swansea. What's the uh, oh. rivalry from Swansea? Oh, well, I was just about to say this, because I've not come across sort of a real, like, when I hear Malaga talk about Sevilla, again, like you said, my first love Swansea. We, we absolutely despise Cardiff City, like really hate them and I've not got that sense for Malaga but there's the power of Malaga I suppose because um, there is a Cardiff City fan shout out to Pete Webb who travels to pretty much most Malaga games I would say doesn't he and uh, I know Chris knows him um, and he travels from Cardiff 
every two weeks. Um, but we can stand in stand next to each other in the stand at Malaga, and we get on fine. So there, there's the power of Malaga. Even though I hate Cardiff City, Malaga can bring Swansea and Cardiff fans together. So, so maybe when you're over here, Dimmy, you can you can hug an Ajax fan or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it, won't, it won't happen. <laughs> um, I can promise you that. Um, just before we move on to looking at those two games we've played in the last few days and then maybe looking ahead to next or this weekend um, I have another thing uh, Matt oh go on really quickly I uh, went today to a British uh, supermarket in my small town where I live it's called Kelly's I I had to name it because they I don't know why but he offered me free uh, cans um and I ask for something British because we have a lot of British listeners. I am a big soda fan. I'm always trying new sodas. So I have a typical British soda. Mm-hmm. It has a black can. Okay. And the orange on it. Um, and, and do you want me to guess what it is? Of course. I, I, I don't have a clue. Can I just first, first of all, before I have a little bit of a think and while I bide some time... We've got British listeners. We probably would never call it soda. <laughs> uh, how more, do you call it? Um, I don't know. I suppose we we don't really have a word for it. I suppose when I was a kid, we'd call it pop. <laughs> but, pop. Yeah, like, okay. yeah. but we'd just call I've, it like Coke I've, or Fanta. or. Yeah, but it isn't Coke or Fanta. Yeah, it's, yeah. I know. We, I, get, I get your point. I'm just trying to think. I, I, it, can, <laughs> maybe it's a Welsh thing. I don't know. But I... I, I would never call it soda, but um, black. Do you say black with orange? Oh, I hope that's it, it not... has an orange on it. And the man told me it it has been the same can for forty or fifty years. It oh, always has been I've the got same an can. Idea. I know what it is. I hope that noise was you pouring the drink. By the way, not have going to the toilet. No, <laughs> I'm gonna guess. <laughs> no, no. I've got it. I've got it. It's gonna be tango. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, that is quite British. Um, I, I haven't seen that. It, it seemed to dip in popularity a little bit. I think, like I've, like I said, I don't really drink soda or pop. I can hear you drinking it. How is the tango? It's they 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 pour like Fanta in a tango can. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, then they call it tango. There was a famous. Um, uh, we are. We will. We will talk about Malaga shortly. But we'll go down British culture for just one more minute. There was a famous advert actually, where there was a bald man who was orange, and he would. I, I, I can't remember the exact details, but he would run around slapping people on the head, and he would shout, "Ha ha ha! You've been tangoed." <laughs> I, I will try. And, I'll try and find when we've got a bit of a break. I'll send you a. It must be a YouTube video of this, but it was quite famous. Um. um uh, well, speaking of crazy men, Altani, Chris. That's oh, nice. That was a good link, yeah. wasn't it? Um, I, I've, like I said, I've been watching a lot of football this weekend, so it's been quite nice not to think about Altani. So I might have missed a bit, but there's been a l- couple of little bits of news this past 48 hours, isn't it? What, what's going on in Altani world? It uh, has been, a, I, I, I must say, a pretty quiet, but uh, yeah, there has been a few things going on. Um, he blamed... Uh, the APA, the small uh, action holders, uh, that they are accusing him uh, without any proof of criminal criminal facts. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one thing. 
and um, and his they also they also he also said that um, they are trying to get rid of him at the club and that that's not uh, fair because there is nothing proven. Well, uh, we laugh about it. <laughs> I uh, mentioned I I wrote something about it on our page, mm-hmm. and I. Uh, think he knows he's at his end yeah because he's just just trying to i don't know bide time try and make some time for himself yeah he's like uh like a prey who is uh locked in yeah and he's trying uh and he's know he's going to, to well i won't say die but he knows he's going to <laughs> that his end is there yeah uh and he's tried the last the last, last, last thing, but he knows he lost already. Yeah, uh, I explained it a bit, bit good. No, no, I get it. Yeah, basically, that his time is running out, and he's sort of just being a bit desperate now, I suppose, and trying to, trying to survive as long as possible. I also believe in the little bit I caught of this that um, the judges said they're allowed to take his car and his rent or his cars. And rented houses here in Spain. I yes, think, yeah. uh, from what I understand it, it's, it is a few cars, not all the cars yet, but some of the cars are uh, ready to uh, to get sold, and uh, we are waiting on the other cars and the two houses. Okay, well there you go. I think we have done so much about Altanio for the past two episodes. I think we will leave it there for him today, and we will move straight on to. I'm very excited to talk a lot about football, actually. So first of all, we will start this next part by talking about our game Friday night at La Rosaleda against Huesca. So we're going to go back to last Friday and football was back at La Rosa Leda. There were no fans, as we spoke about earlier, but there was football there. Uh, Malaga took on Huesca, who are very much in the playoff race. Um, sort of chasing the top two a little bit, but they're in the playoffs. They're very much in there. So it was our first game back after the return. Before we talk about the game, because... There is quite a lot to talk about as we'll get on to. Uh, Chris, how did you feel about the the lineup when it was put out? Because I remember both of you actually were quite optimistic last weekend. Did you see the lineup and or last week? Sorry, uh, did you see the lineup and that optimism stayed with you or or what? Um, I'm a bit disappointed to be honest because I only saw one team <laughs> playing football. I think uh, that's what everybody saw. I think Malaga's really flat. But I mean, in in regards of the lineup before the game, did you see the team sheet and think? Oh yes, I no, I wasn't happy okay. because uh, Malaga played with uh, <clears throat> two uh, defensive midfielders. Uh, that's the strategy uh, Pedicier is holding. Uh, but I think Malaga needs the points. And uh, the biggest problem Malaga have, in in my opinion, is that we are always, uh, well, we, we can't create anything. So we have a big problem in uh, getting the ball forward and creating chances. Uh, so I really don't understand why we would play with two defensive midfielders. Because we have like the best defense 
one of the best defense of all. Yeah, I I, I sort of agree. Um, I think we've spoken on like the last two podcasts about um, when we've talked about who's been the best players of the season. And I think we've both said Munez and Barre have come up quite a lot. Um, I sort of suggested they might not work well together, but I was I was willing to see, because they haven't played much together, I was willing to see if it did work. And I would agree, having seen it twice now, and we'll come on to the Tenerife game later, I, I, I agree. I, I don't think it does work. It's, it's a little bit too defensive and something is lost there. Um, what about you, um, Dimi? How did, how, how did you feel Malaga perhaps started the game? Well, how did they start the game in general? We'll talk about the goal shortly. In general, whew, um, I didn't watch the Friday's match because I was on a football pitch. But on uh, Monday, um, they started from uh, minutes nil defending. So there was no ball forward and it was only defending. Yeah, this... Um... Basically... I think it's I think it's in line with the match on Friday, to be honest. Yeah, I would say, but I I would say, but before we talk about the goal, I, I think Malaga actually started pretty well on Friday. If you take the goal out of uh, out of the equation, I think they yes. they were the better team for even before the red card. But we, I, I suppose this is a good time then. Um, Malaga conceded goal in the was it the second minute or the first minute? It was about ninety seconds, wasn't it? What 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 went wrong there then, Chris? I think uh, Sifu wasn't uh, defending right, and uh, I think it was a mistake for Munir as well because Munir sh- should have taken had should have had the ball. Yeah, we'll, we'll. I think we'll talk a little about a bit more about Munir later when we talk about the third goal, maybe or Huesca's third goal. Uh, spoiler alert: there they they score a third goal later. Um, what about uh, the other thing I felt was they missed. They really miss Louis Hernandez because I just feel like if he is on the pitch, he he deals with that a little bit better, maybe. I, I agree on that one. Uh, Louis Hernandez is is probably the best defender, central defender we have. Um, yeah, I think he's great. He's he's really missed. Yeah, because um, and you mentioned Sifu as well. Um, perhaps we could talk a little bit more about him later because he didn't. He well, he got dropped for the Tenerife game, and maybe why was that? Because I, I didn't think he had a bad game Friday, but as he he came flying out the blocks, and he seemed really um, you know, fired up and ready to go. But he seemed to I don't know, he he seemed to tire a little bit. Uh, so that first half, I, I think Malaga recovered pretty well from that early goal. They. They keep the ball fairly well. Of course, they're quite, they are sloppy. They haven't played football for a bit, but I think they generally control the game. And then we're given, we're given a great opportunity with um, Huesca do something stupid. Um, what, what, what do you think about Huesca's red card, Chris? I think uh, that was the best decision uh, of the game of the re- <laughs> on the on behalf of the referee. He uh, made a he made a good choice on giving red. Yeah, it was. It was a, I, I just couldn't believe he did it. The the tackle where the the like he'd been pulling at Barre's shirt as he was trying to pull away. So you could have said he could get booked for that, and then he just seemed to just kick him, didn't he? Just stamp on the back of his leg almost, and and in a way, I I was go on, Chris. Sorry. 
No, it's it's ridiculous because he wasn't even in a in a position where that it was necessary to make that uh, to make that fault. Yeah, it just it again it, it looked nasty actually. It looked like he did it on purpose. If he just went, well, I'm annoyed you've run past me. I'm just going to try and hurt you. And I was just like watching it, like I can't believe he's just done that. And then I was I was very relieved when the ref pulled, pulled their um pulled the red card out. Um, well, how do you think then from there on, Chris? How, how do you think Malaga played then against uh, ten men for the rest of the half? I think Malaga played pretty well. Malaga was playing pretty well until uh, what happened in the second half. Uh, but they didn't create anything. They created one chance. And uh, sorry if I'm going too fast. But they created one chance. And that was uh, Tete Morente with, uh, with the ball to uh, Juanpi. And then the foul on... Uh, Tete Morente, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was Morente. He did really well, didn't he, to win the ball back on the halfway line. And, and then it was funny because when when Juanpi broke forward, I did worry and think he Juanpi's not fast enough to break forward here. But I think he did well actually to take a step back and pass it back. Um, well, you know, I've I've told you I've I've got this weird sort of I I don't quite understand my love of Juanpi, and I know I made fun for fun of. Fun for my love of Juanpi a lot. But I thought he was probably the best player first half. What, what about you, Orbs? Is there anyone else that stood out for you first half? Uh, I, I, will leave, I will leave it for the uh, Chumbo and, uh, and Biznaga ah, part. Okay. Well, while you mention Chumbo and Biznaga, do you want, do you want to explain what Chumbo and Biznaga is? A Chumbo is a... I, I will explain it. A Chumbo is a prickly pear on a cactus. So you, you don't want to get that as a present. And the Biznaga is a is a traditional, unique uh, Malaga City uh, flower, which is uh, handcrafted with uh, jasmine flowers. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's really nice to get, and it smells very good. Okay, so essentially, um, I believe we've stolen this concept off another Sport Direct radio show. Yeah. Um, yes, we it, did. But essentially, it is. The Jumbo is the player that played the worst and Biznaga is the player, like the man of the match, yes? Yes. Okay, so well, okay, so I, I'll, I'll leave my views on that out, out of the way for now then. <coughs> so we go into the uh, second half. Well, sorry, we don't go into the second half, do we? Because uh, Malaga are 2-1 down. Uh, what did you think of the penalty given away by Diego Gonzalez? Uh, well, I'll let you say first. What what did you think about it? So, 47th minute, 1-1 half-time against 10 men. It all looks <coughs> quite good for Malaga. Ridiculous. Why? <laughs> because the ball wasn't there. Nothing going on. It was like he was in the in the, in the the centre together with the player. I don't remember his no. name. No, me neither. Uh, a West Cup player. <laughs> It isn't very important. Um, why? I, I really don't understand Diego Gonzalez there. Yeah, he's not. Um, he he's, he didn't really play too much before the lockdown. Actually, did he? he sort of lost his place a bit. So, may, I don't know. Maybe he was too enthusiastic and wanted to sort of, you know, he, he was det- so determined to keep his place and stop anyone getting past him. He felt the need to sort of. Well, I, I don't know if it was an elbow, was it? But he swung an arm and. 
And yeah, basically, for those that haven't seen it, uh, Diego Gonzalez, the ball's out wide for Huesca, no danger. And one of Huesca's attackers makes a run and he just swings an arm. And and it, it would be a red card, I think. I was, well, this is what I said when I was watching it. The thing that went against him was if they watched that on VAR, which they obviously did, he looks over his shoulder, sees the player. And that's when he swings his arm. And I thought, well, if the ref thinks that's a penalty, that's probably a red card as well. So I was, I was a little bit relieved in a way at that time uh, that that it was just a penalty. And I thought Munier being Munier, he'd made a dodgy start to the game. I thought, well, you know, he's crazy. You might save this. But yeah, so they went 2-1 up. But, you know, we were still against 10 men. How did you feel we came out for the second half, Chris, before it went wrong? Pretty well, yeah. I because guess. I, I, I still thought Malaga was the better team. Yeah, and then, so, so well, Dimmy, you said you saw this. What went wrong, Dimmy? What, what, the David Lob or David Lomban red card. Do you want to try and explain it for me? <laughs> I will say it's uh, ridiculous for having a tackle over there. You know, the players break through the defense. Um, you're already playing with uh, ten guys. And then still you are gonna making the tackle, and you know what's happening. It's a red card. You think? It's, it's yeah, it's really ridiculous. He he break through the defense, so he doesn't touch uh, him. Yellow will be too easy. So the referee, yeah, I know the perspective of a referee, and he will give it. Yeah, he will give it instant and red card. But he doesn't touch him though. He doesn't. It's it's on camera. He doesn't touch him. He jumps out of the way. It's. Still, but he is not uh, focused on uh, tackle first the ball and then the player, and he's only focused on um, taking his um, rival out at that moment. You see, when I watched it live, I did think to myself, he might he, that might be a li- uh, sorry a red card because he does sort of make him jump out of the way, which puts puts him off balance. But when they show the replay, he well, Chris, what do you think? I I, I I agree on Dimi that it's a stupid a stupid action to make on that place because you know if you touch him it will be a red it will be a red card yeah okay. um, but the thing is he doesn't so I don't think it's a red card you see him uh, Rafa Mir you see him uh, walking further and then he thinks oh let's fall that's it yeah. And um, so, I fully yeah. agree. But his intention to make the tackle is not on the ball. So, for the perspective no, I, of the referee, he will give him a red card. No, I think. Uh, yeah. I, no, I think his intention is on the ball. I think he's. I think he misses it, and he's a bit too slow. <laughs> and misses I, it with a few meters. But yeah, but I, I think his intention is to get the ball. I do agree with it. It is a bit silly to to go in there but I suppose at the same time Malaga a 2-1 down he's probably thinking in his head oh we can't go 3-1 down to this team which obviously they do eventually but um, yeah it's just when they show it back like I've seen the footage back and there's no touch there I I agree with you La Liga watched it back and also didn't think it was a red card Mm, because he could play against Tenerife yeah they rescinded it didn't they so I, I don't understand why it took uh, how they came to the decision to send him off on the evening. I, I'd sort of, if they'd given a free kick, 
and a booking, I think that might have been fair. But then I suppose the argument then is, well, as you said, Dinny, he is through on goal technically. So it was a bit of a funny one, but I suppose the only thing is that he didn't actually touch him. But You know what I don't understand? Why didn't the VAR look at this moment? Because that's where it's for. But I thought they did. I thought that was, it was an instant didn't. red card, so the, the VAR should take action on it. Yes, but they didn't. <clears throat> but I saw some videos of the VAR in, in Spain. Sometimes they went to the toilet, so maybe this time they also went to the toilet. <laughs> they, I I, did... I... Go on, Sadie. <laughs> go on, Here you go. I am laughing to um, I did notice, in, I'm just going back to the Barcelona game I watched last night, which was quite interesting, where there was a penalty. I think Leo Messi got taken out on the edge of the box and it went to VAR, it went to VAR and VAR watched it a few times. And it was very, it was quite a hard one to call, actually, because he'd been fouled a lot on the way to the box and he did sort of just fall over. He got barged a bit. And VAR said to the referee, will let you decide, which I thought, I've never seen that with VAR. Um, I, think the, I think the new rules are, because um, if you put in a tackle inside of, or outside the box, and it's ending inside the box, your tackle, then it's a penalty. That's the okay. new rule from the uh, UEFA. Okay, which would sort of make sense with Malaga's penalty, actually, because Malaga's penalty was very close to the, to the edge of the 18-yard box, and you... He sort of got fouled on the line, and you know I was very relieved that he gave the penalty, but it was very, very close. I thought the tackle on Tete Marente earlier. Uh, I, I I didn't think it was in the box, to be honest. Okay, yeah, I, I think I, well when I was watching the when I was watching the replay back, I was sort of fingers crossed. Uh, yeah, I think I was. It could have gone either way. I think, but I sort of felt we we deserved a bit of luck. Um, so we're down ten v ten. Um, both teams down to 10 men we're 2-1 down and then all of a sudden it's well not all of a sudden Malaga seem to just lose it a little bit and I think not with not too long left maybe last 10 minutes is 3-1 Munia Chris how do you feel Munia did for that third goal um, it was like punching air <laughs> yeah but that's... I don't know maybe he was catching Pokemons or something <laughs> But yeah, why is he coming out? That that's my main question. Why is he coming out of his goal? It's a strange one. I agree. He's um. Well, I think I've, we'll talk about Munia again. I imagine in the Tenerife section. But um, I've written a a quick little article about him for our website, and the main gist of my article, which I'll publish tomorrow, is you just don't know what you're going to get with him because he he has earned Malaga a lot of points this season, but equally. He's cost Malaga quite a lot of points, so that was that game was classic Munier, I think. Although, also, again, watching lots of La Liga this weekend, quite a lot of the goalies are off the pace and making silly mistakes, actually. And I suppose in lockdown, like, how do you train for having shots fired at you? I can't imagine they've got like family members shooting balls at them, so I don't know. Maybe they're a little bit rustier than the than the forwards. Um, so yeah, we we have we're three one down then. Well, but that's that's one thing we could perhaps talk about here as well. I was going to mention it a bit later as well. But um, how do you feel about the five substitute substitute system, Chris? 
I think it's uh, to be honest, it's it's okay because mm-hmm. I think it's fair because players have been three months without touching a f- without playing a game, so you see uh, uh, every player is having a hard time with uh, playing a full match. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think it's good. Yeah, because I noticed it very distinctively in that second half. What about you, Dimi, as you're a football coach? Um, what, what do you think about this being allowed to use five substitutes? It's better for the players. It's it's preventing them before they get in injuries. So, and studies made that uh, football players never giving 100% on the field. Okay. They're always uh, giving 60 70%. If you like uh, tennis, uh, tennis players are always giving 100%. Okay, that's interesting. Um, football players, they don't. Because uh, in a kind of way, they are lazy. And yeah, studies told that yeah, football players don't give 100%. So it's more better uh, for them to have five uh, yeah, substitutes and uh, preventing them more before injuries because they are uh, touching more muscles in a game than uh, tennis players or hockey players. So that that's why. <clears throat> yeah, and obviously being sort of... It's almost like pre-season at the moment in a weird sort of way, isn't it, with the fact <clears throat> that they haven't played in so long. But I really like it too because I think, especially, you know, you like to see young players getting a chance. I think I, I would happily keep it once, you know, even next season where young players get a chance to play more. If you're a manager, I don't know, you can be a bit more flexible with your tactics. You can change things around, which you'd like to think leads to more exciting games. And as fans, I suppose that's what we want to see, isn't it? Um, no, I, I, was, I was a big fan of it, but I just... It, it's true, because uh, if you're a 1-0 ahead, and uh, maybe in the 75 or 80 minutes it's uh, 1-1 again, and still we have two substitutes mm. over, and you can... Uh, change the new tactics and still you can win with 2-1 yeah and also my thing I thought well thought might happen more but hasn't happened so much yet is even there might be more substitutions in the first half where a manager perhaps realises after 25 minutes oh I've completely got this wrong I need to change quickly they can do that because there's perhaps not the pressure of you know injuries in the second half and things like that so no, I, I like it. Um, it's good for the manager to have that um, flexibility. Um, it, it's good for the manager to have that, but still, um, on the mental way, if you're gonna substitute a player after 25 minutes, uh, a few weeks later, the player is still worse because he's having mental uh, troubles with himself because he substitutes it after 25 minutes already. Yeah, but I think I agree with that because I know that's been a problem. I think Jose Mourinho took Eric Dyer off, I remember, last... Um, no, this season. I keep forgetting this season seems so long and there was a lot of talk about that. But um, I think if the manager can explain himself well enough and say, look, it was a tactical thing and um, you'd like to think that that gets sorted um, as long as it's explained well. But yeah, I suppose it could it could affect the player's morale in general, yes. Um, before we come on to our Chumbo and Biznaga, I've got that right, haven't I? Yeah, Biznaga. Yeah, you did a great yeah. job on that. Excellent, it. excellent. Um, I've just got one more question, because uh, I saw this quite a lot on Twitter and Spanish press sort of stuff. 
Palisade seem to be getting a lot of criticism after this game. Why do you think that is, Chris? What? Why do you think there is? He seemed to be the one taking the blame quite a lot. I noticed. I, I might be wrong. Tell me if you think I'm wrong as well. I think because of his substitutions. Okay. I think, and maybe for what I told you earlier about the two uh, defensive midfielders, maybe. But yeah. For sure about the substitutions because um, you're losing a game, and then you take, I don't remember, a defensive player off. I think they Who took did Barre. he take off? I think he took Barre off. Yeah, he took Barre off. And uh, I brought on Mikel. Sorry? And brought on Mikel, I think, didn't he? Yeah, brought Mikel. That's that's one thing I, I really don't understand because you already have... Uh, you're losing a game and you want to. You need to win. So you need to score. So you take off a midfielder for a defender. That's a strange thing. And instead of uh, bringing a second uh, central attacker. He uh, got Sadiku off and brought uh, Buen- Buena Casa. Mm. Why not play with both? Yeah, I think I think partly that might have been to fill that that gap Lomban had left. But yeah, I suppose if they've got ten men, what well, and we're at home, whatever that means these days. Um, yeah, I suppose so. That is one more thing I thought about. I was thinking about this today, actually, before we started recording. The, maybe if we ha- did have fans in that stadium, imagine when Huesca were 1-0 up, down to 10 men, and you had a you know, a crowd in La Rosaleda. I, I think we would have won that. I think the crowd would have got so behind them. That even if Lomban had got sent off as well, I, I generally believe that... I, I was I was asking the same question uh, yesterday, I think, and I wanted to uh, to talk about in the podcast. What is the influence of uh, not having fans in the stadium uh, at the result? Yeah, well, I think my 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 take on that would be I think it had an effect because I think even if they scored that early goal. I think La Rosaleda, everyone would have gone, oh, you know, one awful start, but come on, let's get behind them. Then they go down to 10 men. It would have been bouncing in there. It'd been crazy. I think, I think, I think it would, I think that's the first time, again, watching all these games this weekend, that was, I think the Malaga game is where it stood out most for me, where perhaps because I know how the crowd is in, at La Rosaleda, but yeah. I, I, I think it makes it a massive difference. Yeah, right. Okay, then, Chris. It's your. This is this is your initiative. You've brought to the podcast, Chumbo or yes. Biznaga. Uh, should we again? I like to be. We'll start with the negative one. So, Chumbo. Who is your Chumbo? You always start with the Chumbo. Okay. My Chumbo in this game was definitely Munir. I agree. He would have been mine too. But it was a difficult choice because Diego Gonzalez also could have taken it easily. But I, I'll, I'll go for Moon, uh, for Munir. Yeah, actually, we we were talking about this in the pub when we were watching it because they took Diego Gonzalez off at half time, didn't they? And and actually, I think that might have been a, a punishment for giving away that penalty. I, I don't think that was tactical. I think that was you have been stupid. Get off the pitch, which I quite liked actually. Um, okay, Biznaga. Misnaga is going to Juan Pionior. I never thought I would say that. But I think he was the best player on the pitch. Me too. Yeah, he was great. I thought he was. Um, he was lively. He was getting the ball. He was running at them. Yeah, I. I don't think there was. 
Who is there anyone you could put perhaps second? Because Nunez maybe was okay. Um, I I don't know. Maybe yeah. Tete Morente. Yeah, Tete Morente was okay, especially first half. But yeah, Twampy for me was the only one that was quite exciting. Um, but yeah, we have that, we have one listener, uh, Kevin Kevin Quinn, who uh, gave his uh, Chumbo and Bisnaga. Um, it was a bit. I, I counted this week because it's the first one. But normally we need one player, and um, he gave actually kind of the uh, whole team the the Chumbo and the whole team the Bisnaga. <laughs> okay. Right. So yeah, he said uh, it was a very flat performance, not helped by poor refereeing and the need to keep seven pros on the pitch. Worst could be anyone or call eleven. There you go. Um, right, the next game, we're going to go on to talking about the Tenerife game, which I suppose is a very much a game of Chumbo and Biznaga because there's a lot of good and a lot of bad to be taken from it, I think. So we will move on to talking about Tenerife. So, this week we were very lucky and we had two games of Malaga to watch. I don't know if that means we're very lucky or very unlucky because, uh, again, the Huesca game was a bit crazy. There was quite a lot going on and to a certain degree there wasn't a lot going on in this Tenerife game but there also was at the same time. There was still quite a lot of craziness. So, again, we'll go to the starting lineups. Uh, there wasn't too many changes. There was Two noticeable ones. Uh, Ishmael came in at right back for Sifu. Now I'm a really big fan of Ishmael, and I was quite I was quite happy with that. But I know you're a big Sifu fan, Chris. So how did you feel about that? I'm fan of both, but I think uh, uh, Sifu, as a professional contract, has uh, proven to to yeah has proven his his thing already in Malaga, and I think. Because he's a professional player, he always should become before the youth. Mm. And I think he's a bit better. He's a bit more attacking. I'd definitely say he's a bit more attacking. But again, this is I, I know like I'm still new to these parts. And I know a lot of Malaga fans love what he did last year, which I, obviously I did not witness as much. But from what I've watched this year, like Sifu's great like going forward. He's a much more exciting player to watch as a football fan and I was paying to go into the stadium I'd rather watch Sifu than Ishmael but I actually think Ishmael's been better I think he's not done anything wrong this season I really like him and I think he does get forward as well he's probably not as quick as Sifu but um, I was I was happy to see he got a chance anyway uh, and then the other I day, think on, I sorry. think he's really good as well the, the, I yeah. think they're they're both very good players I just think Sifu has more uh, going forward more it has more danger in it because he's so quick. Yeah, and yeah, just to clarify as well, I think Sifu's great as well. And to be honest with you, on Friday night when I saw Ishmael had been dropped and Sifu was playing, I wasn't like, oh, no, Ishmael's not playing and Sifu's playing. I was like, oh, right, OK, Sifu's playing. But I, I think, I, I don't know, I like Ishmael a lot, just a little bit more for some reason. But going on to perhaps less happy talk, uh, Mikel was in the starting lineup. Mikel Vuel, yeah, can't say it, Villanueva. 
well, maybe give us a bit of background here then, Chris. What, why might Malaga fans not be happy with that? Because he's one of the of the bad players Malaga has the whole season. He is he's he's, a, he's not a good player. That's one thing. But the worst is that he isn't willing uh, to uh, keep playing for Malaga after the end of June because that's when his contract ends. Because we think he has uh, already signed or he has agreed on a contract in the United States. I think. Okay, I didn't know that. I knew, I knew he was leaving Malaga at the end of the month, but I didn't know it was United States. That, that's quite Yeah, and he, he's afraid of getting injured, so that's why he doesn't want to uh, keep playing after June. Okay, and this, this, this leads us in very nicely there, Chris, to... Um, well, uh, Dimi, how did you think Malaga started the game then? They started with uh, defending. That's what uh, I was thinking about. And I watched it for 95 minutes of defending. And it's the most worst thing to see, and that's your team only seeing defending. Uh, even uh, Miguel, uh, Chris has an opinion on him. So, Chris, I, I, I don't, I, I don't understand how you can line him up, line him up in the first eleven because of the contract thing, because he doesn't want to uh, keep playing while other players uh, are. Have, have said they will play for free till the end of season. Malaga gave him a lot the last years. He's uh, he had a lot of minutes. He had a, he earned his money in Malaga, and now he's in the situation Malaga is. He's I don't know. I, I don't have respect for him anymore. Yeah. I, I think we we should call him from now on. Uh, what do they call Voldemort in Harry Potter? Uh, he who should not be named. That's Miko. He who should not be named. We call him this from now on. Well, he he he, he who should not be named. I, I I honestly think it's about as bad a defensive performance as I've seen from any player at Malaga this season. Which, as we've said a few times now, defense is the one thing they can be quite proud of. But he was awful that first half. He was the wrong side of players all the time. He yeah, he was just. Really bad. He looked like he looked like he was already in America. He may as well have already been in America. We would have been better without him being there. Uh, what do you think of Tenerife then, Dimi? How do you think they started the game? They started all right. Uh, they played home, <clears throat> so they are, were willing to win. Uh, that didn't happen. It was a draw. But still, uh, Tenerife was more pushing forward uh, than Malaga did, and yeah. Their, their attacking style was, was way better than Malaga. Yeah, I've, I actually thought they were really good. And I saw I um, saw their game against Fuenlabrada on the weekend, which they lost 1-0, actually. But from the highlights, so it, was, it was about a five, six-minute highlight show. They looked really good, especially that Danny Gomez, who I think was the best player on the night for them against Malaga, actually. But I thought they were... Uh, I'll be honest with you, that first half, Malaga were just so... Horribly bad. I was just, I was just waiting for the goals to go in. How about you, Chris? How did you feel about Malaga watching that first half? Uh, well, before the game started, Malaga has, uh, I, I checked the tables. Malaga had nine, uh, thirty-eight points, and Tenerife had thirty-nine. Mm-hmm. And what I saw was very different than what I saw on the tables. Yeah, definitely. It's um, 
And actually, uh, we we beat for Tenerife earlier in the season, didn't we? One nil at La Rosaleda. I know. I, I'm not sure if I slept, if I if I fall asleep or not. Uh, but it it was 90 minutes of de- of defending. It's it's what Dimi said. It's the most horrible, horrible one of the most horrible games I watched in my life. It's, right, we we got to talk about this shortly. But you see, I I didn't find it tired. Um, like I didn't feel like going to sleep because I was nervous how bad Malaga were playing. It kept me awake. I was like, come on, like sort yourselves out, lads. Did you think they were? Was there anyone in that first half who delivered a positive performance? Either of you? I take that pause as a no. <laughs> I'm thinking, but uh, yeah, uh, Kaidi Barre was the best player on the ah. pitch. <laughs> well, we, we'll talk. We'll talk about him next. But... No, but until 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 a certain point, he, he was playing very good actually. Okay, I, I can't. I I can't say I really noticed him much, but yeah, I can't, I can't remember him doing anything wrong either. It was, I think the defense was so we're making so many silly mistakes, and even. Um, I think Juanca was out on the left too, isn't he? He was seemed to be getting caught out out the position too, but I think that was largely because Mikel was so useless. Um, I actually thought Juanpi played quite well, but then I read quite a lot of the match reviews say, or yeah, reviews saying like they thought he was awful, but I just thought he did all right compared to some of the others actually. But again, yes, did he play? I didn't see. Well, him. That, that was that was seemed to be what the match reports were saying, but. I think I think it's something wrong with me. I think I've got some sort of weird obsession with him that just that makes me see good in him yeah. all the time. I don't know. Um, you know what the strange thing is about the, about this game? Go on. I only saw defense playing. Yeah. The rest, I I don't. I really don't have an opinion because I I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. They, they, I'll agree there. There wasn't much to take in, but then uh, you. I just... saw I saw Sadiku run a, a few times, and that's all. Yeah, I felt a bit sorry for him though. Um, he he got some like bad ratings in newspapers too, and I was thinking, well, he didn't really have anything to go on, did he? But um... no, I, 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 that's one thing I don't understand. How can people criticize him when he doesn't? If the ball only has been on our uh, half of the of the pitch. Yeah. Okay, so you've mentioned him already, Chris Kaidebare. Um Dimi, what what did you think about his two yellow cards? The first one, he has to make it. That, that's acceptable. His second one, you know you have a yellow card. Um, it was five meters outside of the half circle. And still, are you going to make the fault? How silly can you be? <laughs> wait, wait, wait a second, wait a second. Because every referee, every normal thinking referee would <coughs> give him, him a warning. Nobody would send him off after... Three minutes receiving his first yellow card. I think it's ridiculous. It's, I really it is, think it's but, ridiculous. But still, you know, it's you like have a, a, a yellow card, and you have to be uh, it's, cautious for making the fault and receiving your course. second yellow card. But it's it's like a non-spoken rule in football that if you uh, make a, a second fault within, let's say, twenty minutes or ten minutes or in, in, in a short time period, you don't give a second yellow card. But that's and the that, thing with Spanish referees. They are the worst referees on earth, probably. because of that's, If this was happening in England, for example, it wasn't even a yellow card. Maybe it wasn't even a fault. Yeah. Well, so, 
my, my it's, it's the way of the perspective from the referee, and he's giving the yellow card yes or no. You see, my take on it was that first yellow card was a definite yellow card. It was just a stupid, unnecessary. He grabbed his shirt or something, didn't he? Sort of pulled him back. I thought that was definitely a yellow card. And you're right, Dimmy. Then you've got to be ultra, ultra careful. But I did feel a little bit sorry for him because that second yellow card, I think he's not. I think he is being quite careful in a weird sort of way. And the, I can't remember who the player was, but he takes a magnificent touch to bring it down. And I think Kade Barre is almost so surprised that the ball's not bouncing towards him. His foot's there. And then instead of the ball, it's the player's ankle. And I don't think it was a dangerous tackle. So I do agree with you in a way, Chris, that maybe a warning would have been better. But at the same time, it was... But, but still, you know, isn't, when you haven't received a yellow card, yeah, you got it. The, the referee has a view on you. So yeah. for your first yellow card, the referee knew you're a silly player. So the next time, I already knew from, my, from his first yeah, uh, okay. fault... That it will be also a yellow card. Yeah, I'd agree with that, actually, yeah. Um, but isn't it an unspoken, unspoken rule in football that you don't give a, uh, a second yellow card in a short period of time? I no. think it depends. There's a lot of players that get sent off to quick bookings. But, yeah, in a way, though, Chris, I agree with you there. I think if he, if he went in, really flew into a tackle and caught him, then you'd go definite yellow. But I suppose it is by the rules. It, it probably was correct. But uh, yeah, there is that maybe, maybe a little bit more common sense could have been applied. I, I don't know. But he, he went off. I don't think. I don't think the Pelissé was very happy with him, and they put the camera on him anyway. So yeah. But, but still, then that's that's maybe a fault from Pelissé. Um, you know, he has a yellow card already, hmm. and we have five guys on the bench sitting there. So why he doesn't substitute the guy? Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I suppose though, Barry is one of our better players. But yeah, that's a good point. Actually, I suppose that, that because there's there is a story between uh, Mourinho and uh, Balotelli, and I don't know if the listeners know. In his time, in uh, I think it was at Inter Milan. I know the story. Go on. <laughs> Balotelli, he had a yellow card, and Mourinho told him in the in the halftime, "Are you going to behave or not?" And Balotelli said, "Yeah, I'm going to behave." Two minutes after starting in the second half, Balotelli is receiving his second yellow card. Yeah, I remember. Is that? I think it was at Lokomotiv Moscow that happened. I think it was. Loco- yeah, yeah, I think. So. I thought it was Inter Milan. Or- no, no, no. But I mean, it was Lokomotiv Moscow against Inter Milan. I think, if I remember right. Uh, I don't know why I love Mourinho. Yeah, you can come to Malaga if you want. I'd definitely take him here. <laughs> I, I I read the story about him that he once uh, hid it in a bin yeah. in a Champions League with, in a Champions League game because he wasn't allowed in the Correct, yeah in the changing area of the players of his team <laughs> and, and he did hide in a in a bench or in a, in a bin. He is my favorite, uh, one of the favorite trainers I have. Okay, his his way of thinking, he, he said, like. Like Pep Guardiola, um, even oh. now Steven Gerrard with, with, with the Rangers. I don't think you can say that. I don't think you can compare Mourinho to Guardiola. They're like the complete opposites. They're like yin and yang, Guardiola and Mourinho. It's, um, but yeah, I like a bit of Mourinho. But going back to Malaga, 
Has very Malaga podcast. No, wait. He, he did. He. I. I. I have okay. to say it because else people will uh, hate me for it. He. Mar- I hate Mourinho for what he said about Pellegrini when ah, uh, he yes. was a trainer of Malaga. Of course. When he was that he uh, that he wouldn't train uh, uh, a club like Malaga after training at Real Madrid. Yes, I, I hate him for that. And then, so we'll go back to our manager. Sergio Palacer, he is left with, for the second game in a row, 10 men. So we've had two games, three red, well, you know, yellow cards, but three sending offs within our two games, two for Malaga. We go in at half-time, nil-nil, which I thought, right, okay, let's get ready for a battering and an onslaught. And we go into the second half. How do you think they did second half, Dimi? Even worse. It was another 45 minutes of defending. How can you think of um, you, you know, in the group chat, I said, um, we have an angel sitting on the bar for that many chances uh, Tenerife had. But also... Um, they, go on, sorry. And, yeah, it's we, we didn't, also in the second half, we didn't create any chance. It was always the first two balls from defending to midfield. That was good. And after that, nothing. But we had ten men. <laughs> we we had. To, I thought. I thought they were brilliant second half. We were all in the pub, like going crazy, thinking like how well they were playing because they were against ten men and they they were clearly a capable team. I thought Tenerife and all the players out there. I don't think anybody gave less than a hundred percent. I thought they were even the ones that perhaps didn't have so much of an impact. Yeah, of course, it's not the most interesting to watch, but I thought that Tenerife team. Every single pass they played into the box, none of them went out for throw-ins or corner kicks. They were all very good crosses, and we dealt with absolutely everything. And after that game, I think that like Palisades got to go. Look, you can defend like that. We don't concede now. We just need to work on going forward a bit. I I thought they were, I thought they were magnificent second half. Actually, the just, defending was magnificent. Yeah, that's what that, I mean. That's for, that's for sure. That, that's for sure. But still, then. We need to create a chance. We did. We almost scored. Mm. <laughs> um, it was not offside. Well, I, I don't think it was offside, though, was it? I don't think it was given. I think it would have gone to VAR, but anyway, the goalie saved it. What about you then, Chris? What's your view on that second half? Because I got, I got the sense from our group chat that I was the only one that was pretty positive about all this. I, I saw your Facebook saying it was a heroic <laughs> uh, draw. It was. I so I, I expect more. It's it's a number. It was the number fifteen uh, uh, up to the number fourteen. Fourteen. It's it's not. It's just not enough. I don't know. I expected more of Malaga. It's the defense was okay in the second half. I I agree with Brilliant. you. But we have we need the points. <coughs> of course. We are. Let me take a look. We are. We're on thirty-nine uh, points. Three, three points, three points of of relegation. Uh, but we could have been two points of relegation positions. I agree. Still, so it's, it's <coughs> one the, point the draw is, is a good not. thing. Yeah, the, the the one point is important for now. Um, but you won't get away with it if you don't win. Of course, but we had ten men. I just think they 
like the way they dug in, like there's so many, I, I just, I can only see positives from that second half. Well, obviously not only positives, because you're right to an extent, you would like to think we offer at least something going forward. But I thought defensively brilliant. And even like some of the players who I thought in the first half were appalling, like we got Mikel off, thank God for that. But I thought, and Diego Gonzalez came on and I thought he was excellent considering that he'd been, you know, he'd given away a penalty in the first game. I thought Juanca was awful first half, but was great second half. David Lomban was brilliant. Uh, Ishmael was brilliant. He just stopped it. And Luis Munez seemed to just, I don't know how many kilometres he must have run that game, but I thought they were great. I, I, I agree. I definitely agree on you because... From what I've seen, Tenerife didn't got any real chances from inside the box. And that's just a tribute. Not much, not many. So that, that's a good thing. But again, like the first game, we don't create anything. We need to... Pedicer really does have to do something about the system he's playing. That's a good, that is a good point, actually. Because when um, I was watching it in the pub... And I was saying, like, Ken the barman. I was trying to explain the players on the pitch. And I was like, actually... So we, so we had an a, a angel uh, on the bar and an angel in the bar. <laughs> I, will, I, will, I think he's going to listen. So he'll, <laughs> he'll enjoy that. He is an angel. He, he's my Marbella dad. Him and Pam and my Marbella mom and dad. They look after me. Um, but um, I was saying the players to him. And I was thinking, actually... What formation are we playing? I spent the first half trying to work out where the hell everyone was. It was a weird lineup, actually. And I saw something like five three two or something yeah. like that. No, it's 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 the one we always play. It's a four. Let me think. Two. What was it? A, a, a four. A two three one. Yeah, it sort of was, but then it was like, where was Adrian playing? I don't have a clue. <laughs> he just seemed to be. I, I don't know where he was, and Juanpi seemed to be just doing what he wanted, and yeah, it was a, that's I think I think that's what it was meant to be. I agree with you there, Chris. But it seemed, yeah, it just seemed... that's 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 Pedro's way of playing, and I I I don't think it's the way Malaga should play because we're not creating anything. I I don't know. I think I think it's a bit harsh in Palace. I think we were getting somewhere with him before the break. I think if we'd beaten Zaragoza at home just before the break, we'd be right up there and we were playing positive football. I, 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 I agree on you. I, I was a Peggy Sheriff fan, but now it's two games and I agree. If if we would have go on, uh, if the COVID-19 didn't happen and the league, Malaga would have done a great job and we would be safe and maybe looking a bit up. I won't say we would have reached the playoffs. Um, but now it's 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 <laughs> it's time to look down. Yeah, yeah, I agree and, with that. And not up. And, this... and you, there, something has to be changed because two games uh, played already, so there's nine left, and we are three points ahead of uh, relegation uh, positions. Okay, I was, I was going to talk about this a bit later, but it, this seems like a good time to mention it. I, I did a little bit of research yesterday. Um, I looked at all the last. 10 years of Segunda final tables, do you know what? how many points you should be getting to stay up? 40. Not quite. Need a bit more. In the Premier League, is 40. No. Well, I looked. No. The lowest point total someone stayed up with 
I think was 44, or the team that got relegated had 43. That was the lowest. And the highest, a team, I can't remember the teams, so sorry for that, but the highest someone went down was 50. But mostly, most seasons, you need about 45, 46 points. So we need to find about two wins and maybe a couple of draws out of those nine games. That was my working out. And obviously, we'll talk about this a little bit more in the next bit, but we've got quite a lot of our teams uh, teams around us to play. So maybe we'll talk a bit about the future in the next part. But, but sticking with this game, uh, actually, we'll, we'll give him a bit of love here. Um, Munir, how do you think Munir did? You said we had an angel on our crossbar, Dimi. How did you think about the guy under the crossbar? He was better than against Uesca. <laughs> yeah. Not much better, but still better than the game against Uesca. I thought he was a lot better. I thought he, he didn't have many... I don't think he had many like big saves to make, but he just looked really calm. He caught everything. He, he, you know, he was quite good at just making sure he caught everything and falling on the floor and wasting time. What about you, Chris? How do you think he did? I think when you did, had a, did a great, great job. He, I didn't see real well a few uh, important saves, but yeah, most shots were from outside the box. But he did a great, uh, great, great game. Yeah, because I think when you have a goalie behind you that's having a game like that, where they're catching everything and you know just dealing, doing the basics right. If you're a defender, I think you just feel a bit calmer and I think it does help because obviously he is so erratic and can be brilliant and then crazy that you don't know but when he has a game like that I think you do feel much more relaxed that's the that's that's the thing with him right you never know and yes and and that's what worries me every time every game he can play a, a perfect match for 80 min, for uh, 80 minutes and then and then he messed it up uh, and then he misses up. I, I don't know. Yeah, he's um. Well, I I know someone that's written an article once again. I'll, I'll plug my article that I'll publish tomorrow that explores that. So bit of a cheeky plug there. Okay, so on to our chumbo or biznaga, Dimmy. Who is your chumbo? I'm still trying to remember which one's bad and which one's good. Chumbo is bad. Um, body. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna say Barre as well, just because I can't really think of. Oh no, sorry, I'm definitely not gonna say Barre. I'm gonna say Mikel. Mikel was easily the worst I thought, but yeah. I uh, think... uh, uh, what what are you saying? Oh yeah, he who must <laughs> he who must not be named. Sorry, I've already I've already cursed myself there. Now um, he's gonna come and haunt me in the night. Now I said his name. Um, yeah, he who must not be named was my chumbo. What about you, Chris? Uh, my chumbo is he who must not be named. Okay, I know what you're talking about now. Um, okay, and then Biznaga, uh, Dimi first again. I've got two, and okay. the first one will be uh, Munir, and the second one, and he was the best uh, player of the whole match, and that was the fourth official. His technique he's using for the substitution board, it was really great. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't say I noticed that technique. I didn't know there was a technique, but I will definitely look out for that from now on. I'm, e- I'm even tempted to go back and rewatch the game now and just to see what he did so well. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I would have probably picked Munier as well. It, it was close between him or Lomban for me, but I'd probably just about pick Munier. 
And are you going any different, Chris? I, I was picking Munir as well. Okay. And I, which I think is funny because last, well, last week uh, <laughs> in the game against Weska, he was my Chumbo, and now he's my Bisnaga. Again, this is this is this is the sort of thing I explore in my article. Third, third plug of it already. This um, podcast. Before we finish this bit, Chris, I, I forgot to ask you about this, and is. Um, I know in previous podcasts you've named a couple of players you really don't like, and Bularud came on at half-time for Malaga. How did you think he did? He did pretty well, actually. Yeah, me too. Uh, didn't expect that, because <laughs> I think he's one of... I, to be honest, I don't know what he's doing in the club as Malaga. I, I think Dimitri can use him on an amateur level, but not in Malaga. The same for Ben Kemasa. <coughs> Yeah, actually, I thought he was great. Uh, oh, 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 oh. We don't need him. <laughs> we have better players. <laughs> yeah, again, I thought he was great as well. I thought he looked. He didn't do anything wrong. He was nice and tidy. He was exactly what we needed that second half, actually. And, and who knows, maybe you said Barre and Nunez can't play together. Maybe maybe Bularud's the answer. <laughs> yeah, you think... you? Uh, we, we will come to that in, uh, no, the, I, in, the, in the preview. Yeah, I de- just to clarify, I don't think that. But but it's positive to be taken from there, that he's had a game like that. Who knows? It might give him a bit more confidence in future games. And speaking of future games, let's move on to our preview of the next game. Okay, so to finish with, we're going to look ahead to what lies ahead for Malaga Club de Football. There are two games coming up in the next week. Uh, we're going to talk a bit about our game against Extra Madura, Extra Madura. And we also have a game against Lugo, which we probably won't talk about because we don't really know what's going to happen in the first game. But looking ahead first, uh, Dimi, what, what do you think we've learned about Malaga's return so far? Um, not quite much. Uh, there is a way of per- perspective, but um, yeah, they they should change it in the in the next coming up up games, and uh, even better the first next game than uh, two or three games after, okay. because we still need points. And what do you think they should change? Creating more chances. The the first part of of building up a chance that that's good, but. But the line between the midfield and the attackers, that, that their connection, yeah, they figure out. They need to figure out it again. Their connection. Okay, and Chris, what about you? What what have you learned about Malaga so far in the last two games? Um, yeah, that that nothing actually. That we have to step up the game. That we have to, I don't know how, but find a way. Or change change the change the way of playing. Change change the whole 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 team. I think change not, the whole, not the whole team. team, but <laughs> the strategy. The strategy. Okay, so you maybe like a formational change or yeah, formation. Yeah, definitely a formation, but also a strategy because I think we have playing been playing too defensive. Yeah, I think I think my. I, I sort of mentioned it earlier. I think my take from the last two games is that 
I, I don't think the Munez Barre thing works. I think I, for whatever reason, because they're both brilliant players, I think we're going to have to go with one or the other. Or if we're going to play both, one of them's going to have to move somewhere. Um, I don't think. I don't think Adrian's been up to much in the last few games. Again, like I've said with him before, I don't think it's through lack of effort with him. So maybe Barre could move up the pitch. I don't know. Well, obviously he can't play the next game, Barre anyway, so we won't be able to play Munez and Barre. Uh, so maybe we'll see your friend Boularud start a game, but you know we'll see about that. Uh, is there any? any I, I, I w- Go on, sorry. I would start with I would start with one uh, 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 defensive midfielder. I would play a four four two. I think. Okay. A four four two, and then um, because uh, Aaron Nigues is uh, back from his injury, so he can start. Do you think uh, he will when start? showed, he, he's up for it. Do you think Nigues is ready to start though? Because he's not played a game in. Not I mean, let alone Malaga for a long time, has he? It'd be great to see him on the bench because I'm, like, I'm curious about him. But um, like, my brother has spent the last few years living in Malaysia, and he was playing in the Malaysian league when my brother was there. So uh, I, I don't know if he's ready to start. But uh, you know, I wouldn't. Pelisse will know better than me about that. But yeah, I was going to mention Buena Casa. Actually, how, how do you think he's done in the last two games? Uh, I I wasn't that much fan of him because, but he also he didn't get any chances. So yeah, what what is there to give an opinion about? There's not not much. He had one chance, and it was offside or it wasn't offside. I don't know. I, I but what I know is that the chance he had, he he was in the right position. He mm. yeah. No, because I that agree. Because. Before these two games, he's only really come off the bench for like five-minute cameos and ten minutes here and there. But he had a bit more of a a run-out against Tenerife. And although he wasn't, you know, you know, he didn't boss up front or anything, but I actually thought he did quite a lot of running and was, was trying. So I'd, I'd be quite curious, actually, to see what happens if he starts. And to be honest with you, Chris, more I think about it, I think a four four two might be quite interesting because I don't Malaga really play with two up front. Maybe even put Adrian a bit further forward because he started the season as a like a pretty much Malaga's only yeah, striker. Or a four three three. Yeah. I don't know. Something needs to change because we this is boring. I might fall asleep Saturday. <laughs> the game is uh, on a on 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 a quarter to ten, I think. It's oh, yeah. it's really sleeping hour for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a big fan of these quarter to ten kickoffs. When um, when the Malaga game finished, or the Tenerife game finished on Monday, obviously I had school the next day, but every time every time Malaga get a point, I don't think I've talked on this on the podcast, actually, but um, in the tavern in Marbella, there's a tradition that every time Malaga get a point, you drink Pacharan, and we call it points mean Pacharan. So I had my shot of Pacharan and because we were like, oh, they defended really well. Let's have a second one. And then I was like, oh, no, it's like midnight. I've got, I've got school in the morning. I, I better go but home. But is there a difference in a win or a draw? <laughs> um, uh, well, I think at the start of the season, it was supposed to be if they win, you get Pacharan. But we realised there weren't going to be many wins. So um, the only difference has been when I've been in the pub, for a, especially when Malaga are away and they win, 
I'm so excitable and bouncing off the walls. If every, anyone is in the pub that sort of half watched the Malaga game, I said, buy them all more Patreon. I buy everyone Patreon. So, yeah, <laughs> you get the free one and then you get me being all excited. Uh, so, yeah, so any, in, you know, people that live in Marbella that might be listening to this, if you hang around the tavern and Malaga win and you just pop in, you might get a free shot of Patreon off me as well as a free one off the bar. Um, so yeah, uh, with what we've watched these last couple of days then, Dimmy, do you expect me to be drinking more Pacharan over the next, next week or, or, you know, shall I be less optimistic and be drinking? Uh, I'm quite optimistic for next game and I will say we're going to win with 2-0. Okay. Any reason why you're more optimistic? I think, uh, some of the players and, uh, I'm not sure, but I hope they all listen. And Palace here will also listen to us and uh, may take some advice from us. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I feel a lot of pressure there, if that's the case. I, I don't I don't think I'm the... You know, you're a football coach. You you can maybe offer a bit more than me, but... but and if he's having any questions, he can always call me. Well, actually, Palace I met him um, before Malaga played Las Palmas. I, I think I've told you before, I, I, got them, I got the flight with the team. Just pure coincidence. And I went up to Palace. He could speak a little bit of English. And I said, like, oh, you know, well done for the job you're doing so far. And he was saying, thank you. And I said, can I have a game tomorrow? And he just laughed. But he didn't say no. <laughs> he didn't say no. So I did. I was sort of hanging around thinking, I might I might be playing up front alongside Sadiku in Las Palmas. But I went to the pub instead. So I never got the chance. But yeah, if I, if I meet my friend... Senior Palace here again. I will, I will, I'll make sure he listens. Um, Chris, we should talk about as well. Um, Dimmy said he's optimistic. The team we are playing are actually twenty third out of twenty four teams in the league. So, how how do you feel about playing a team that's quite a few places below Malaga, extra Madura? I, I should say that. Is. I should tell you a thing about Dimmy first. He once uh, tweeted Altani asking um, last season, <laughs> saying. He could substitute uh, Mu- uh, Munoz as a trainer, as a coach. <laughs> so that's quite. I found it quite funny. Well, no, I was playing uh, online play. soccer manager. Ah, right, okay. Well, no, it's in, another version of uh, can, football manager. Yeah, I get you. Well, Altani is. Maybe you know, we can post it. Yeah, Alta- <laughs> Altani's famous for making crazy decisions. So. It was worth asking, I think, there, Dimmy. You, might, mm-hmm. you, might, you had a chance. He never responded. Well, of course not. Um, Dimmy, maybe we can post it on Facebook tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <we> funny. <will. laughs> your, your, your tweet. Um, uh, Extra Maduro, yes, Chris. I, I, I'm optimistic as well. I'm always optimistic. I've learned that from Matt, to always be positive. Oh, that's nice. Um, I'm going for... Uh, I think 2-1 is always the safest option to say, but I go for 1-0. Okay. Who's who's scoring that goal, Chris? Um, Sadiku penalty probably. Sadiku <laughs> will score. Okay. I will go with that too. I'm going to go I'm going to go with a 1-0. Well, yeah, and I'll go Sadiku as well. I should say though, I I know I spoke to you about this just before the podcast. Um I, like I said, I did watch a lot of football this weekend, but I did watch the highlights. It was like an hour-long highlights program of all the Segunda games. And Extra Madura played Elche this last weekend. And obviously Elche are a pretty good team in Segunda. They're in the playoffs. And 
it was at it at Elche as well. And extra Madura looked really good actually. They were really I think they had they had a lot more chances than them and it was one one in the end. So although they're twenty third in the league, it's not from from what little I saw of them, I'm not claiming to be some expert on extra Madura, but they look a good team actually and um I, I don't know, do you do you remember the game we played against them earlier in the season? Uh, I don't remember. I think it was a nil-nil, it right? It was. I was about to say, you, you won't remember because it was awful. <laughs> it was such a boring nil-nil. It was, it was like Malaga at the But it height. wasn't nil-nil, right? Yeah, it was nil-nil. Yeah, it was away and there was... um Oh, yeah, it was just really dull. I think Extra Madura had a couple of chances and that was it. But it was one of those games you watch and you just sort of know straight away it's going to be... Nil nil. Tell you what else happened that game. I've just remembered this. Ben Kamasa started that game, so I remember seeing him oh. on the team sheet and thinking, "Oh, this is going to be crazy." But I, I can't remember if he played well. I doubt it. Um, Probably so, not. I didn't play. I didn't see him playing well. But um, like I said, we probably need from my little bit of maths. We need. We need about seven or eight points to be sure of staying up. I think maybe ten, and we've we got... really need to win this game. Yeah, that's, and... that's one thing I've, I've, I, that's, that's one thing I know. This game needs to be won. I'd agree with that because, um, well, actually, I'm going to go a step further there and say we might need to win against Lugo after as well because they are below us as well. So we've got extra Madura, Lugo. I think we've still got to play Deportivo, who are below us. Uh, I think Albacete are below us and we've got to play them. So they are the games we should be targeting and trying to win. And I think they are the games that will save us if we are to be saved. And I, I think I, th- I think if, if you want to be saved, you need to uh, first win this game because now you are three points still ahead of relegation. And I think you need to stay ahead of relegation. Yeah, I'd agree. That, that's what I think. Yeah, well, I agree that if we lose to well, once you're in that zone, you won't come out. Mm. If we lose to extra, it's a negative spiral. I think. Mm. If we lose to extra Madura, then the, we go into the Lugo game heads down, and it could be it could be the start of a run. So I think this is it. Now we need to be saying, "Look what you did in the second half against Tenerife for ten men. No one was getting past you. Have trust in the defense." Let's go forward a bit more, and that—that's it. I think that is how we will do this. So, is there sort of anything else you'd like to add about these two games coming up, either of you? Uh, I have on the extra mature game. I looked up a few facts. Um, we have played four times against Extremadura. We uh, lost twice. Uh, we won once in two thousand and two in the Copa del Rey through penalty. So. It's a draw actually as well, and uh, we draw one uh, time. We had a draw one time against them. Extremadura is the twenty-first place in the table. They have thirty-two points, two injuries: Giovanni Sarfino and Alex Lopez. Their top scorer is left winger Nono with six goals, and their second top scorer is Alex Alegria with four goals. They uh, have received. Uh, they have played sixteen away games. And they uh, gained 16 points in all those away games. So it's one point per away game. It's not much. Malaga is in the 14th position with 39 points. 
Uh, our injuries are Ben Kamasa, Luis Hernandez, Dani Pacheco, and we also lose Kedi Barre with his uh, because of his red card against the Narif. Our top scorers are Sadiku uh, with 11, so he has five more goals than uh, Extremadura's uh, top scorer, and Adrian with six. We have uh, played 16 home games and 22 points, so the stats are in uh, favor of Malaga. I also checked the bookmakers. That's funny because Unibet gives Malaga 1 euro 95, uh, 3 euros for a draw, and extra Madura to win for uh, euro 50. And Betway says about the same 195 Malaga uh, draw, they will give 3 euros and 10 cents, and extra Madura they will give uh, 4 euros and 20 cents. Okay, so so the bookmakers think we go, we are going to win. Well, you know the bookmakers speak the truth clearly. So um, again, as I always try to do with these podcasts, we'll end we'll end on that optimistic note that Malaga are undoubtedly going to win. Everything is in their favour. They are brilliant, of course. So um, we will finish there. Thank you, Chris, for joining us again. Yes, uh, and I'd like to say I really like the tango. And I know we have uh, <laughs> Finnish uh, f- uh, listeners and uh, listeners from other countries. Please uh, send us in a private message uh, something I need to taste from your country, and I will taste it, and <laughs> I will talk about it here. Okay, brilliant. I look forward to that. And thank you once again, Dimi. No problem, Matt. No problem. Say hello to my pal Ferry Bader for me. <laughs> I will. <laughs> okay. Thank you for listening, guys. You've been listening to the Geary Cast on Sport Direct Radio, and we will catch you next week. Adios. Oh,